we are back for part two over here. We got Vish going on right here, so we're going to get back into it. So, Vish, if you could be a better interviewer than me on this one, what were we talking about right before we went on break? <laughs> uh, right before we went on break, uh, we were talking about how I just started getting involved with the, the Young Republicans. There we and we go. started talking about, like, uh, you know... Um, Basically, after Trump, right? Trump wins, and what's the reaction? Right? And everybody went crazy. And I was like, oh my God, people went crazy. So, <laughs> you know, it was like, you got to do something. In those exact words. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, there, that was, it, it was concerning. So, you know, the reactions, it's the whole Trump derangement aspect of it, right? You know, Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy, right? Like, what, you know, one thing he did was, which is another amazing feat, is that he basically made, you know, politics the most popular television show in America. Or the popular, most popular show or movie. Whatever you want to call it. And that's a big deal. At least everybody's paying attention now. Right? But you get crazies that pay attention too much and they go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And then in, in our crazy warped world today where you know the crazies get the most attention well that's the, vo the, vo the most the craziest voice is the one that gets amplified the most so i started seeing all this and i was like you know what this this just if i care as much as i think i care as, 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 if i'm i I'm, i am a narcissist right I, I love myself so i'm i'm telling myself i care i was like okay well you care right so then do something it's like you have to you've got to get involved you got to do more than what you're doing now Okay, so I went and I googled um, Staten Island Young Republicans and stuff. And sure, Staten Island Young Republicans came up. I was like, right, well, I don't know what anything about anything. <laughs> I wonder is. what the bias was on the search results uh, on that. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, Young Republicans, Young Republicans. Then the next one, Democrats. Yeah, exactly. You know, something <laughs> like, like that. It's like, are you sure you want to be a Young Republican? <laughs> so, so I, I just, I went looked website. They, the first one was like a. a Fundraise like it was like a, a fundraiser for like food at Danino's. You buy something and like a portion of the profits go to like charity or something. Good old like, what, Danino's. Yeah, good old Danino's. I was just like, oh, Danino's pizza and 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 politics. All right, let's go. Let's do it. So I went. First meeting ever, and yeah, the you know there was it was like maybe like twenty people there. Um, and the president of the club, Nick Iacono at the time. Our oh, friend. gotcha. Yep. Yeah, so he, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, no, he was welcome, welcoming. Nick is such nice. a good guy. He's a really nice guy, yeah. And um, yeah, he was really cordial with me, very inviting. And he's like, hey, man, thanks for coming. You know, um, why'd, you, why'd you join? And I was like, hey, man, First Amendment's under attack, you know, and I'm here to, like, help fight, you know. And uh, that was just like my smoke. I'm not going to sit there and tell him this whole spiel about. That's what a lot of people tend to do, yeah. especially on a first introduction. Yeah, that's like, and yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to like put everybody through that. You know, like over time, you know, I'll, I'll give you my stories. Like now, today, exactly. You know, um, but you know, in that moment, I was just like, yeah, you know, free speech is like some a top issue I care about, and I feel like it's under attack, so I'm here. And he's like, all right, great, we'll get more involved, come to more meetings and stuff, and just start, you know, getting more involved. And I did. I started just going to stuff, you know, participating, talking to people, paying attention, you know, uh, paying attention to the politics, what people talk about, the disagreements within the party, right? This is where I get to see the internal 
politics and, and sort of how it's all debated, right? Well, now I get to go inside the party and see how this is all operating. And, you know, lo and behold, it's not really rocket science, right. <laughs> you know? That's why, I th- and I think this is where the majority of Americans, especially young people who are, who are sort, of, sort of outside looking in, you know, they, they sort of make this out to politics to be this mysterious thing and like there's all, <laughs> Not all, this, at all. all this cloak and dagger stuff going on and all these back crazy backroom deals being made where you know you give them like 10 versions for a piece of land and a vote on this thing and it's like no that's not how it works you know it's like there's it's actually a lot pettier you know it's like it's more human than anything you know that's a very good culmination of how you just sum that up yeah it's yeah. petty but i'm like more ridiculous things. Yeah, it's like petty, but like more. Yeah, exactly. More ridiculous things. So, so, um, but there's there's like good conversations and, and and people who are concerned about the right things and have the right you know issues in their in their uh, in their scope or in, you know what they're concerned about. And so I just I started getting a feel for this. I just started attempt, you know volunteering for campaigns, just random campaigns. I didn't know if they were gonna win or gonna lose. I'm knocking on doors. I'm doing whatever I can, you know, and just get more involved in the scene. And I guess I'm a likable guy. I guess maybe. <laughs> I guess maybe you know. That's I, why there's a part two. You're the first person to be on a part two on something. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. That's already working out. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So I, you know, I guess I'm a likable guy, and you know, I have, I have, I have a lot to say. Obviously, I can, I could talk forever. Um, and I, you know, interesting background. I'm not gonna lie; I don't look like your typical Republican or anything like that. So it makes me interesting. And you know, a lot of people sort of, um, you know, wanted to talk to me, get to know me, do stuff with me, invite me places, and just bringing me more into the scene, into the crowd, and start giving me, you know, more invitations to places not everybody goes to and, you know, stuff like that, just getting ingrained, allowing me to ingratiate into the scene, you know, and so, and, and with that, you know, I just, as I'm paying attention, making the right friends and whatnot, I sort of, now I get to see how I can put it together and how I can build my own machine and that's what I started working on. With, uh, with that being said, I have a general question for you. Mm -hmm. So, with, with all the issues that, uh, whether it's the Young Republicans or the New York City Republicans talk about, mm-hmm. as far as like you know what needs to be in more progression, mm-hmm. what's an, what's one issue that people take too much time to invest in, and what's one issue people don't invest enough in? Well, you know what? Um, you see, like in New York, especially New York City, you have a bunch of people who obviously you're like in the center of the world in a certain sense, right? In New York City, you're you know business capital and whatnot you have all these big picture issues that we can be concerned about because we're in the middle of it's a it's a it's a big city we have a big scope for a lot of things whether it's business or you know fashion or art and all these scenes we have big you know we we're we're we're, we're at the cutting edge of this stuff with the big ideas of this stuff and what what we tend to lose sight of is that there's actually there's a there's there's a there's people here, right here in these five boroughs, these conservatives here. There's a party that needs to be cultivated here and taken care of here. And we don't do that, right? We, it's like you're, 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 you're thinking of, of the world when you're, you're, you're barely taking care of, you know, your house. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, that's, what, that's the problem that I see with, you know, whether it be the Manhattan GOP or the state GOP, whatever it is. 
you know, you have a lot of these people that are concerned about doing a lot of big things and affecting a lot of big things and, and can't even affect the little things. So, like, you can't affect the little things, but you think you're going to make a big splash on the big thing. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. So, I'm trying to sort of get, take that back. You know, I, I noticed that, that, like, everybody has big ideas and, you know, a lot of, New York, it's a lot of big money, too. Right. right? The New York, geo, like, think about it, for conservatives or, you know, or Republicans, how many seats are there really out here to win? Not as much as, you know, maybe some other place. Exactly. Right? But uh, let's just take, for example, Pennsylvania, right? Pennsylvania, um, there's a, it's a swing state. There's a lot more Republican win there, right? But who, which, which state party has more money? The New York party. Yeah. Well, what the fuck, <laughs> right? Like we have more money than a play than a, than a party in Pennsylvania that actually has seats that they can win and like actual elected seats that Republicans win and have power that they can you know then broker off of and whatever. But you're telling me they don't have more money than the New York GOP, which we have like no seats, right? Right? It doesn't make sense. Where's all the money going? Right and all so it's just here it's like New York is like you know the center of clown world politics you know what I mean so it doesn't we have all the money but we can't get anything done and it's just it doesn't make sense and what I think is is that you know what Republicans did such a shitty job here of building out and maintaining a party right that we almost have to forsake it in itself you know we have to say you know what for we're gonna have to forget building. A party in the traditional way right especially at least in new york city right instead what we need to focus on is take advantage and we have all these big big thinking people and and um you know a lot and obviously new york it brings together a lot of like the best talent from all over the country all over the world right and so you have to take that into account maybe you are getting so many people with a lot of big ideas because you're just getting more people who think big think big in general Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, that's what you get when you have super smart, super talented people all pulling up in one place. Everyone has this guy mentions a big idea. Well, I have a bigger idea. You know <laughs> what I mean? So like, that's you know, you get that 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 competition of ideas. Well, if that's the case, what the party needs to do out here is actually put more effort into moving the needle on culture, right? As opposed to like trying to move the needle on actual votes on the ground in Manhattan. You're trying to win a state senate seat or a or a city council seat or a congressional seat even. Uh, instead of trying to move all that, why don't why aren't we a, cons- a a hub for for conservative culture in general? Right, like you know, uh, we why we should be a conservative Hollywood. Right? What New York has a lot of artists. Ironically, Hollywood used to be conservative. Well, uh, ironically, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but we can we can be that where where we have just the population alone, right? If if maybe in uh, at any given time the metro population will be like fourteen million, yeah, and That's a lot, right? <laughs> it's like fourteen million, right? At peak peak time, you know, working and everybody. If even ten percent of those people are Republicans. <clears throat> that's like a million people, right? And that's more than some other s- whole cities. Exactly. Right? That's of just Republicans, right? And so, like, we can, we can, if you pull all that talent together, you can have a whole art scene that's just conservative. You can have a whole 
texting that's just concerned. They're here literally only making. I really like how you're painting this picture. Right? It was like you can you can have a texting where where it's just conservatives making stuff for conservatives. You're getting you're pooling all the intellectual capital that's available for conservatives in this place that's already doing it for you by the nature of it being New York. Right? So you just need to harness it. And 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 so from there once you're able to start driving the culture, right? And driving that conversation using New York's media capital and creative capital to to create cultural capital for yourself. That's when um that's when you can then New York can be a big kingmaker in the whole political scene, either even across the, you know, across the states or back into the city itself, right? Because nevertheless, people want to relate to clout. Right, exactly. Nevertheless, people want to relate to clout, and then lo- you know, even if locally the people are seeing, well, you know, there's these Republicans, or, you know, these conservatives, they're making all this crazy content that everybody in the country is watching. Well, let me see. They're right here. They're right across the river. Let me see what they're about, right? And now you're, like, starting to turn the conversation. And because you have so many people, right, a million, you know, maybe a million conservatives in one place, now you actually have boots on the ground. Yeah. You can actually go and knock on doors and stuff, you know? Now you've built, you're, you've organized them under different pretenses, right? It's like, no, you're going to be, you know, you guys are going to make software for us. You guys are going to make movies for us. You guys are going to make cartoons for us. You guys are going to do fundraising, right? New York is is a huge... It's just, it's, we're rolling in money, and, and, you know, more or less. Why, we should be the farm system. For That's what I'm trying to do with the young Republicans, is create a farm system of operatives, right? Culture, like, creatives, right? Why do, you, why do uh, politicians need creatives? Well, do you like political ads, right? Political ads can make or break a uh, oh, of course a, a campaign right so but we should we should be grooming creative political operatives everybody every campaign needs money <laughs> i don't care if you're a republican in wichita or you're you're a republican on the upper east side you're going to go to wall street in new york for donations we should be we should be grooming the the, the fundraising operatives for the future Right? Everyone should come to the New York Young Republican Club and be like, hey man, I need a fundraiser, you know, who's going to hook me up with these people in, on Wall Street for my, for my campaign. And I was like, well, this guy, you know, has worked, has volunteered on the last seven campaigns putting together these fundraisers and whatnot. Maybe he can, you know, maybe you hire him and, and he'll do the fundraising for you all in New York. Boom, you just created a job for this guy, you know, and he got his experience fundraising you know with the club helping other candidates or helping our own fundraising uh, operations but he has the he has the donor list and all that you know so put it grooming that whole the whole ground game base grooming the whole fundraising base and grooming the whole creative base those are like the three pillars that because that's what new york can do a lot of people a lot of money and a lot of artists right so pull them together. They should though that, and you create a farm of operatives, and even candidates from there, right? Because you get them involved long enough, and they exactly. hang out with the, uh, enough of these people. Some of them get their own ideas, and they're like, "Hey, I want to run." Now you've been getting yourself more into campaign management, mm-hmm. right? In, uh, how long have you been doing that? Uh, for uh, you know, in that time span, one week. <laughs> <laughs> so you've never had anything prior. Nope. 
I respect it though. Yeah. I respect what you're trying to do. Yeah. So you know that. So that was my whole thing. Yeah. Now so like now my whole thing is taking over the club scene, uh, in New York City, the cultural scene, right? So I did that first. I helped a buddy of mine, Ian Riley, take over um, the Metropolitan Republican Club, which was like a huge mainstay in the city as well. Um, took that over. Now it's uh, under new youthful leadership. Now, uh, Gavin Wax, the president of the New York Young Republicans, and me, now I'm the vice president. We went and then we, took, you know, I mean, with Peter Batista and Jacqueline Delinsky as the elected board, we all got together, took over the New York Young Republican Club. Now, you know, we're working, we're thinking of looking at some other clubs that we might want to, um, partner up with or maybe you know get some of our own people to take control of or take charge of to sort of unite the scene right consolidate the scene so that that's all in the project all in the works there's more clubs to come um but now you're now we're approaching 2020 right we're yeah so 2020 i mean give me a break 2016 nobody thought whatever crazy outcome was going to happen was going to happen but it happened and that crazy outcome has led to now the crazy run up to 2020 to take it back to end the nightmare, <laughs> right? So, so there's the real there's, hero's journey, right? The real hero's journey. So, like everybody's gonna dump everything they got, right? It's not like it was before where Donald was just like, oh, well, it's Donald Trump, he's not gonna win. It was like, no, he's already won, right? And so, like now he's now he's a completely viable candidate. Yeah. So you have to. So you <laughs> have to. Always went through. Right. So now you have to treat them like that, which is a big deal, right? And so you got to dump everything you've got in order to, in order to, if you're a Democrat, you're gonna dump everything you got to take it back, and if you're a Republican, you're gonna dump everything that that you got to keep it. And it's gonna be a shit show. Now, <laughs> it's, of course it is. But I, for me now, it's like okay, well, I can take over the club scenes. Right, and I could take over the volunteer base in the city. What's the, how much power is that? You're repeating the status quo. Right. It's like okay, now what? Right. Every, I got everybody to come around, and they'll they'll hang out at at the speaker series, hang out at the socials, and when everyone, it's easy to hang out, totally easy to hang out. But now I need you to like knock on doors, you know, for candidates and stuff. Right. Okay. Well, I got to give them a candidate that they like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's, it's got to be somebody that's in line with, you know, obviously the ideological bent that, you know, over the last couple of, year, couple of years, obviously the GOP is moving, or at least the base is moving more towards because Trump showed that he could win. And there are winning elements of Trumpism that now we have to incorporate into the Republican Party, into the conservative, you know, ethos, you know, in a sense. So, well, now you need a candidate for that. Now you're in New York City. Where are you going to get a candidate like that? Exactly. Right? Very difficult, right? You'd have to go all the way upstate and maybe you'd get, like, a real Trumpian who can, like, really, like, you know, be, like, like that America first through and through and, like, wouldn't have to buck on anything and still win, right? Maybe you don't really get that in New York City. But if there was a candidate like that who who's, like, almost Trumpian and fashion and whatever, uh, you know, in style and, and, and ethos and whatnot... The, these clubs and the the young volunteer base will get behind them, but we got to give them, provide them that candidate, right? So then it goes into okay, well let's look at the five boroughs, which is, <clears throat> which is, a seat that's big enough that a Republican win and can make a lot of noise from, mm. right? 
New York 11, Staten Island, plus, you know, the little part of southern Brooklyn. Okay, that's a congressional seat. So you need to run a guy here or a girl here from Congress, for Congress and take that seat from Max Rose, who's currently the Democrat that's sitting there, right? Um, but a Republican can still win. It's a toss-up seat. It's one of the competitive districts that everybody has their eyes oh, sure. on. Right? So that's another thing, right? You want to pick you. You want to play in a race where some people have eyes on it, right? Obviously, I, I'm gonna get. I'm not gonna get into a uh, work can't manage a campaign that nobody's gonna talk about. Nobody's gonna care about. Well, don't be silly. Exactly. <laughs> right. So New York 11. Okay, who's the front runner for the Republicans now? Nicole Maliotakis. Yes. She won. She ran for mayor, uh, 2017. Uh, she lost, but in her loss, she did carry Staten Island with like 72% of the vote yes. here. Um, so her name recognition is up in the district. So that's your front runner. Okay, well, do I, do I get behind Nicole? Well, she said she regretted voting for Trump or something like that. No, right. I'm not really into that. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm one of these like, no regrets. You know, it's like, do, you do something, you do it. Try to live with as few regrets as possible. And embrace it if you fail. Yeah, and if yeah, if you fail, embrace it, own it, right? Um, and I don't, I don't really see that from around. Just honestly, I don't see much of. I, I, I feel like she's already hit her ceiling, you know. <clears throat> so I don't think um, I, I could have maybe gotten behind her, but then I sort of, you know, I, I heard about you know Joey Salads. Joey, do you know who Joey Salads is? I know who Joey Salads is. He's been hitting up the viral white spots for the longest time now. Yeah. And he's never lost his peak. Yeah, exactly. The guy's been around for years now. He's been around for years, and he's he's been around for years, and right now he's only twenty five. Right. Right. So he's like he's he's (laughs) young, but he's known. He's a celebrity. He's got like ten million followers across all his platforms. A billion. Do you know his friend Anthony Centennio? Or I think his his little brother. I think he helps him now with doing videos. Oh, it's um actually his I name's don't know. Steve. Steve, Steve Centennial. I, I maybe not. I haven't act, I haven't act, uh, asked about his um his actual like video operation or oh like, yeah, he's yeah working on that you know. So I, I I sort of like got wind that he you know he um uh he wanted to run for Congress. I'm like who is this guy? You know, and I, I and I look, and it's like, oh, he's got all these followers. He's, you know, he's all these stories, and he's twenty five, and I'm, I'm just like, wow, this is really interesting. And he's a Republican. He's like unapologetically, you know, right, conservative, Trumpian, and all this thing. And I'm looking, I'm like, you know what? This might be the the interesting race that that you know, outside of the presidential twenty twenty, this can be the most interesting race in in the whole nation. Because look if, at this if way, this guy runs, look at it this way too. So to your exact point, the the guy on the Democrat side who tried to do this, and he is somebody who I respect a lot, Paul Sperling, mm-hmm. somebody who is around the same age, trying to get himself as the congress uh, as the congressman, mm-hmm. and as much as I like him, mm-hmm. he repeated the status quo, right. and I felt like that's where he fell to failure on with mm-hmm. his campaign. So when you mentioned to me about Joey Salads. This is where he can transpire from what his past has been mm-hmm. and how he can impact people. Right, right, exactly. And and and, and I just saw and, and there's a lot of things going on there. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of near, you know, near term sort of implications for for Joey running, and then there's also long term implications. Right now, you have 
But now you have a candidate whose whole, like, practically their whole adult life is, like, behind camera. And it's a lot, there's a lot of, Joey's no angel. There's a lot of crazy stuff that he's done. <laughs> a lot of crazy, it's all out there. It's all on video. It's all floating around somewhere in the ether, right? And he's done all that, and now, okay, let's say he's had a change of heart, and now he's a humble man, and now he wants to serve his community and run for Congress, right? Um, well, you know, and let's say, you know, he's had, he's had a, I'm not, it's other for other people to judge. I could, I could tell you, it's like, he's a good man, he's a change man and all that, but that's for everybody else to decide, you know? Mm-hmm. I could just try to convince you. Um, but let's just say, you know, foregoing all that, well, if he's a changed man, if he's telling you he's a changed man and he wants to do right by, right by his community and do good for his community, do you turn around and you're like, you know, do you turn around and you're like, well, what about this crazy video you did? You did this one crazy video, it was either racist or insensitive, blah, 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 whatever it was. Uh, should I vote for you? You know? Do you even deserve a chance? Right? And this is where, like, th- this is where I sort of felt like, you know what? I think this guy, I'm, I'm the right person for this, you know, for this guy to help him manage his campaign. Because I'm one of those guys that felt like if I didn't get a second chance... I wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, maybe I didn't have to deal with all sorts of crazy content out there about me to, like, fight it through to get, to fix myself, to make good on my second chance. But um, jo- I feel like Joey, somebody's going to need help doing that. Um, and so I decided to, you know, and, you know with that, uh, and just for, like, Joey's a smart guy, and, you know, he's all about innovation, um, definitely as real strong concerns about the opioid crisis out here uh he wants to address that uh small he wants to help solve small businesses you know taxes definitely against the immigration and definitely for immigration reform uh you know comprehensive immigration reform just knowing that young guy and all this i was like you know what the the wind's behind this kid's back you know this there's only up from here for him right you know so um you know what, what I, for, for my mission, what I'm trying to accomplish here, which is to revitalize the, the conservative and Republican scene in New York City, and then a candidate like Joey, who's got like all this energy and this, this, this new face and new momentum behind him, I feel like it's, it's a marriage made in heaven. And so I, I went up to him, I was like, hey man, you know, can I be your campaign? I'll, I'll manage your campaign if, if, uh, if you're interested. And uh, when I messaged him about that, he didn't respond to me first, right? Mm. Then I was like, "Hey, man, I'm from Staten Island. I, I'm I'm fairly politically connected. I would love to help you out and manage your campaign." Then he got back to me. He's like, <laughs> he's like "Oh, thank God, because I didn't want anybody who to manage my campaign who wasn't from Staten Island." Oh, that's no, that's a great way to uh, connect that too. Yeah, he's like, I, "That's he's like, I don't. That's I do not want anybody who's." Who's going to manage my thing? Because there's not. that lack of understanding. Yeah. Like, if you had someone from the city, like, maybe from, like, a political, like, like advisory thing, that's yeah. not going to help him. Exactly. He that, That's not what he wanted. He wanted somebody from Staten Island. And then, you know, I happen to be the guy who reached out to him with that background and whatever. And that's that's how it began. I was like, all right, this is the team. Let's go. Let's do this thing. You know, Joey Salad's at the front. I'm in the back. And let's, you know, let's get there. I think he should 
even with like his campaign going on, he should still make the same type of videos as he has been doing oh. because he addresses so many issues. Well, well, first of all, Joey has made about a year and a half worth of videos all backed up and saved up so that he could release them while right. he's on the campaign and like he can campaign on uninterrupted knocking doors, making phone calls, doing all that stuff. So there's that aspect where he's already got content that he's just got ready to go to be released while he's campaigning for like a year. Uh, I think it's mostly non-political stuff. <clears throat> but obviously, this is going to be a, a brand new game-changing kind of campaign. We have lots of cool ideas about how we're going to actually go about getting our message and doing the outreach. And, you know, one of those is like, well, of course we're going to use his social media prowess and his video-making prowess and all that to affect the conversation, uh, affect the narrative. And so he's going to be doing a lot of videos, you know, politically-minded videos, you know, experiments, pranks, all this. He's going to... We, we have... This, this is going to be the most creative campaign of 2020. All right? Bar none. We... If there, there's no... First. Yeah, nobody... Nobody's... No, mm -hmm. exactly. Nobody... Well, he's the first YouTube celebrity to ever run for U.S. office. Ever. Right. So he so and that that you know that's big um big shoes to to fill you know so we're we're gonna set the tone and if you're a YouTube celebrity this is how you're gonna run it <laughs> you know the tutorial is right upon you exactly right now. exactly so you know we're gonna make sure that that he's out there that's that's another reason why I wanted to work this campaign because the cre the creative uh, liberty. It's just so great, right? Because you could do anything. Nobody, nobody expects this guy. Everyone's underestimating him. He's got no political experience, but he's got lots of viewers, and he's camera friendly and knows how to do videos and all. It's, it's like built for the twenty first century, right? Okay, well, we can do a lot of new stuff, a lot of new stuff that never people never seen before. It could go terribly right or terribly wrong. You know, no, right? But we get to find out, and that's going to happen right here on Stammer. Right, we want to give these give people of District Eleven something they could be they could talk about and be proud about, and we want to be that. So, because think of it this way: like in the last sense of like people running for governor and assembly seats or whatever, when when I was doing research as far as how low our Staten Island turnout is in voting, it's abysmal. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely abysmal. People like for the most part, especially on the South Shore, people don't vote. Yeah, that's and that's actually if they don't if they're on the South Shore and they don't vote, it's gonna be a huge problem for us because all our votes live there. Exactly. Yeah, you know? and it's like do don't this is not the time to be apathetic, you know. And and uh, this is sort of my critique for just New York City voters in general, um, whether it's Republican or Democrat, I don't care what your party is. If you're living in New York City, it's very very likely. You don't give a shit about politics. And that's a huge problem for me. Right? You you walk around in Manhattan today and you see like the homeless problem, like feces on the street and like there you know, there's like Staten Island, you got the opioid crisis, pollution. heroin crisis, needles, pollution and you're looking around and you're like, How come nobody cares about this stuff? Don't we have like a mayor that's like lip servicing like stuff like this every day about fixing this stuff and being good for the people, like and, and this stuff is, like, happening and getting worse. What's going on? And then blaming other people. And then blaming other people. And it's like, and, you know, I hate to, I hate to be that person. To be like, oh, you, you, you know when this place is going to vote Republican? When it gets hit by a comet. 
you know, you know, or but it gets hit by an asteroid. <laughs> well, it has to be that bad, right? The city was voting blue all the way up until like, what was the shape of the city when Giuliani won? Like by that razor thin margin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was, but like you have to walk out of the subway. And, like, somebody has to get their head blown off right next to you for you to be like, you know, I think it's time for a change. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? That, like, was, uh, that was Dinkins, right? Yeah, that was like, Din- yeah, exactly. It's that, that was complete disaster. Yeah. And that's the situation that New York City had to be in for a Republican to win. Are you kidding? That's a, that's a, exactly. you, know, you know, it's like, what? Do you, not, do you guys not care yeah. to stop the problem before then? And it's like, no. New York is so wrapped up, because, you know, it's, there's good things and bad things about being, you know, business capital, fashion capital, creative capital of the world or whatever. It's like everyone's wrapped up in their own, own worlds that they don't care about the whole political aspect of it, right? And that, and they just sort they of let like that all fester. They politics and what they deal with already. Right, exactly. Office politics, <laughs> this and that. I don't, need, I don't need to fret about this guy, you know, de Blasio or whatever, giving a billion to his wife that she just, like, made disappear like <laughs> you know what i mean right. like the, they there's no app there's there's no appetite for it because they're dealing with so much of their own shit not only that you move to new york because you want like a, a fulfilling social life so you're worried about where the next party is or where you know where all the girls are gonna be or you know what i mean like you're just you're into your social stuff you're into your work if if you're gonna do any activism, it's 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 not at all activism. It's probably slacktivism. Like you're like tweeting stuff or like exactly you know, you know, shit posting on Facebook, whatever it is, <laughs> right? Like that's that's as far as it goes, really. Maybe you know you'll eat at a Wagamama because it has a freaking you know they changed their their logo to like uh, the like the LGBT flag. Oh, okay. Just, I don't know if you saw that. There's like so you know. New- oh no, I didn't. I never no, saw that. I, I missed they, that. I, there was I think uh, maybe like last year I, I walked by a Wagamama and like their logo was all in like the LGBT uh, you know flag signs. I'm I'm not I'm not against gays or anything like that. You know, I love the LGBT crowd. Actually, they they love me. Uh, I mean, so, I'll even say this: yeah. a lot of, so, some Republicans who I know that are gay, yeah. like they—I've never seen people so chastised by the left. Oh yeah, who are in the same line in the LGBT. Oh, community. dude, that's a, that's actually a great, great. It's a great point you bring up. If you like, if you're like, if you, if you fill up the 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 oppression points, is it you know? But like you're a Republican, you actually get it worse. Oh yeah, you know. So like as a as a as a brown Republican or Indian Republican, <laughs> I get it pretty bad. Right, I get it worse than like some of my white friends. Or in essence, the way they look at it is like, well, you're white, so you know I get that you're a Republican, but you brown Republican, what's wrong with you? Yeah, you're not supposed to. You're, you're not, not supposed. Suppo- you're you're supposed a traitor to. to your people. Yeah, you're what not supposed to be like you? that. You know? Oh, you're gay, and you're a Republican. What is the matter with you? Don't they know what they want to do to people like you? Right? Like that's that's the way. It's very childish when you think about it. It's very childish. Not only that, it's like it, you, you've come full horseshoe on like the whole like the race thing, right? So it's like, you know, back in the day, it was like, oh, well, you're black. You're not supposed to drink from that water fountain. Oh, well, you're black. You're not supposed to vote Republican, right? So <laughs> it's like you've like, you know what I mean? You've, you've come full circle on, on like the conversation almost, you know what I mean? But it just... It went from something very physical like, you know, water fountains and public spaces and all that to like now a metaphysical thing to like ideology and what you believe in and, you know, what what values you hold hold 
you know dear to yourself or to your conscience you know it's it's interesting like the it went from like physical to metaphysical but now you're like still going through all mm. the same sort of you know friction points it was like it's like well you know maybe back in the day you might have been like i'm not dating that guy cuz he's fat right but today it's like i'm not dating that guy cuz he's a libertarian <laughs> right it's not about like his physicality but it's more like it's up it's what's happening up here Speaking i'm of triggered oh. <laughs> no. well, it's interesting i'm libertarian that. i'm triggered by that no yeah. <laughs> there was a girl like i was dating two or three years ago she was like lefty lefty or whatever and i at the time voted for jill stein because mm-hmm. i felt like out of all the people going for it she was the most reasonable she was able to debate with fox news effectively mm-hmm. so i felt like she was a relatively like ration person at least in terms of countering others and i always respected that because she was willing to go on shows that didn't like her or whatever so i was like you know what out of everybody even though i didn't really like any of them for the most part i'll put it for jill stein this is 2016 this is is in 2016 okay i'll tell you my voting record later but like as far as on this date or whatever i i go to her i'm like yeah i voted for a woman but not her so she goes what are you talking about you voted for jill stein i go yeah she goes, what the hell's wrong with you? The day pretty much ended like at 30 minutes after. And I just went home. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Mm. Like, th- there's no sense of like, you know, choice anymore. Like, yeah. it's either one or the other. Yeah. And now, now you're like, now, you see, now you're seeing the, um, and look, it's, it's, it's always been happening, man. There's, there's a, and it, and it comes with, with liberation, you know, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, uh, like this the sexual liberation movement or anything there's anything wrong with that well but you have to recognize sort of the culture that it has bred and one thing that that happened is that okay now people you know marriages used to be something that's very functional right like this guy has this and he's able to provide this and he's able to do this and she's able to do this and and provide this and whatever these people will come together so that they can raise a family and it's a very functional thing a logical thing to produce a certain result you know what i mean now well you know it's like what is love why do people get married all that it's like oh it's either somebody it's like i'm looking for somebody that's going to make me better Right? Or it's like, I'm looking for somebody who completes me. Or but shouldn't like, you love yourself before right. loving anyone else, right. though? But even that, right? Like, now you're seeing, like, what are the, the requirements are going from, like, something that's physical or something that's, like, you know, financial. Financial is even still a physical sense, right? Like, money and assets and yeah. stuff. You're going from something physical to something a little more metaphysical, right? It's like, I like that that person is, like, nerdy. You know what I mean, or somebody like it. it this is all, <laughs> these are all abstract, right? You know what I mean. The thing now, the things that you're looking for in a partner is not functional. It's not logical. It's physical. It's not physical. It's 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 you know it's metaphysical. It's abstract. And as those requirements come about, now you're seeing like numbers rising. You know, Democrats are are saying that they would never date a Republican, and Republicans oh, saying that they would never date a Democrat. It's all about what's going on in your head, right? It's like, and then you know, it'll translate to other places too. Um, uh, you know, now you have private companies that that are getting boycotted because they might believe something or push something in a certain agenda in one of their marketing campaigns or something like that, right? And and they're or even uh, you know. Let's say a bunch of people disagree with what Tucker Carlson says. 
right, or the things he believes and things he pushes out there. Well, now you have protesters and people trying to make sure that he doesn't eat, that he doesn't even get to, you know, have a living because of the things he believes, of this, because of this abstract thing, right? Everybody's going for the abstract now. It's a metaphysical war that we're dealing with. You know, it's about ideology, battles of souls and stuff, man. Well, think of it this way, in a kind of real-world scenario, like, you have people from Media Matters, like, calling up their advertisers, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, why would you ever support somebody like this? Mm -hmm. He said this, that, and the third, mm -hmm. and that's kind of like the propaganda that's being used against them. Exactly. It's a, and everything, everything is propaganda now, man, right? When you've democratized... Um, news, you've democratized media, you've democratized creativity. Right? Well, then now everybody gets to make, be their own propagandist. Yeah. Now, and so, you know, what what do you, what, do you believe anything, or do you just fight back with your own propaganda? Exactly. You know, so, and, I, I'm, you know, maybe some people might not like the way, you know, I answer the, or I, I make the statement, but it's like, I believe that everybody needs to operate as their own media organization. Everybody. Like, you yourself, Gerard Uccelli, you need to have, like, a media or, like, your own media organization, PR organization for yourself. Just well, to deal with this whole aspect. Well, that's not completely irrational because self-branding is something that's always been, like, presented to you throughout your right. life. Right. But now branding is, like, a more, like, like, it's like a thing now. Right? Where, like... You know, maybe it used to be, you know, Uccelli International, right? That was, like, your company, right? But Uccelli International is run by G Gerard Uccelli. And Gerard Uccelli has his own brand that he has to maintain. That might not be completely on par with Uccelli International. You see how it's all been atomized? Yeah. Right? It's all, like, it's been hyper-individualized. Now it's not just about you being part of this organization you have to maintain the 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 brand's or the organization's brand now it's you have to maintain your brand within the organization's brand as well mm. you know and then is it even worth it for you at that point right. sometimes it's not and that's why you just break off and you're like I'm going to do my own thing I'd rather just maintain my own brand than try to make my brand fit in with their brand you know yeah so you're now you're seeing that more where people are start, starting to go independent and stuff you know and just like I'm going to do my own thing it's all like the same thing that happened in 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 hip hop and in music and like underground rap and stuff is now happening in politics too it's like very interesting and the business world <laughs> that that's a whole other like dimension of conversation yeah yeah you know, like if, as far as covering how music is comparable to like politics yeah. especially in that genre it's yeah. so interesting today yeah, it's uh, absolutely now. It's like uh, now the uh, now it's cool to to listen to underground politicians, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like it's like you know it's like oh, do you vote for Jeb or Hillary? It's like nah, I listen to Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> you know I like Donald Trump. Like that's the one that nobody's. Well, just think and that's what makes me cool. It's like hipster culture gone mad. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, look how people are with like an Austin Peterson versus Gary Johnson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but both are you know when you think about the numbers or whatever, and I'm gonna put that in quotables. Mm -hmm. It's the lowest on the totem pole, mm -hmm. but it's like people are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go for Austin Peterson because I've heard too much about Gary Johnson. Right. Exactly. So you know, like that, that you're now you're sort of dealing with this, this sort of. Adam, you're, you're, you're dealing with this sort of just this whole atomized landscape of competing brands competing personalities and cults of personalities that's what that's the future of politics man is cult of personality 
You know, as you atomize everything and everybody's just worried about building building up their own personal brands, well, you might have a really awesome personal brand that everybody ascribes to, but then, like, it's just you and then your followers, and there's, like, nothing in between that. That's a cult. Mm. You know what I mean? There's no... It's not like you have this whole organization and all these people around you. Maybe you do in service of your brand, right? It's like you get... There might be just people out there who are willing to work for Vishbura Inc., right? But they have to know it's in service of your personal brand. It's not in service of this larger brand that's bigger than Vishbura. No, Vishbura is the thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's now it's now it's all about like it's like oh i'm not here to you know i'm not speaking on behalf of burra international i'm i'm speaking on behalf of vish and this is what vish wants now it's, it's just one person in your mind when they're making that pitch to you right and so it's not like this whole mysterious organization with this crazy big it's not google you know what i mean it's like somebody coming up to you and being like, "No, this is what Sergey wants." <laughs> Sergey, right? Sergey Brin. Yeah, uh, you know, it's that 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 puts a whole different idea in your mind than me saying, "You know, this is what Google wants," right? Definitely. So that's that's that that that's the the territory that we're approaching. And if you just look at Donald again, it's the guy has like, well, I forgot how he had like double Hillary's like Twitter followers or something like that. You know, so. You're going to tell me those aren't all votes for him? That's not a cult of personality driving him to victory? Right. You know? So, like, that's it's the same thing. And AOC is the same thing. Right? It's all atomizing around her. Is she a Democrat? Oh, she's AOC. <laughs> right? So, hmm. That's... Now, that, that's interesting because I never, I never looked at it like that. Yeah. I never looked at it as AOC before the party itself. However, though... It's interesting because I'm somebody who likes to vote for the person over the party at all times. That's kind of like my background. Like, So for me, since I was 18, I voted for the person I felt like was the best qualified person. So like, I voted for Ralph Nader 2008, Gary Johnson 2012. Mm-hmm. I'm always saying this because it's public. <laughs> like It's out there for the public, so yeah. why not even say I it? I voted for Obama yeah. in 2012. <laughs> Come on, give me a break, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah, no, it's 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 100% true. Um Yo, I think, uh, I'm, you know, I, I, I enjoy taking shits on Max Rose. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was one thing he did say that I think that I think was very on point. I just don't think it went far enough. I think he's being nice. Mm. Um, he said something like, uh, you know, Congress really sucks. It's like 435 independent contractors trying to, like, work together. Right? You're, and, like, he, he's, he's, like, right about that. My what my only critique is like you're being too nice, Max. Like say what it really is. Yeah. You know, and what it really is is like 435 artists coming together. All of them want to be remembered for their thing, whatever their thing is, right? Like, oh, what do artists want? At the end of the day, artists want to be remembered for something. Mona Lisa hanging in like a museum forever and ever. They want a legacy to be followed. A legacy to be followed, right? Everybody, well, every politician sort of wants that. Um, in one way, form, or, or another. Your elected officials in Congress are essentially all these sort, sort of, they're not independent contractors, they're artists. They all want to be remembered for something. They, then you got to find a way to get a critical mass of them to work together so that everybody could get a little piece of that thing. 
And is it some, is that something easy to do? Well, you tell me how egotistical are artists? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're very, right? Because it's got they got to have their thing, their way. You know, it's like if it's done that way, I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. That's how artists are, and so Max. So I think Max Rose doesn't really have that in him to like operate as that sort of artist. You know that the or in a way where you can get all these egotistical crazies to like tamper down their shit and work together. To kind of like to kind of go to this point as well. Just as we said, we're going into twenty twenty. There's a lot on the line for whatever states may be, mm-hmm. but do you feel like there's anyone in the Democratic Party now who you feel like is an artist in that case who's running for president? Because I could tell you one who I Beto. think... That... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Beto. No. Beto. I could tell you one who I think would be like the artist. Okay. Uh, Beto steamed out. Like, yeah. But uh, And also, Booty Jig stole his thunder. So, oh, yeah. So, uh, but the artist, I would, if I were to consider... Somebody on their merits, and uh, obviously the Democrats have the pool, so we'll talk about them. Um, I would, I would probably say uh, Andrew Yang. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, Andrew Yang would be would be the artist, right? He's the one coming with fresh ideas. Uh, he's the one trying to move, do his campaign differently, creatively. He's the so. only one appropriately targeting the job situations that we're in. Right. The fact that like sixty four percent of our country is underemployed at some point. Right, exactly. He's, uh, he's addressing all the right points. And not only that, he's offering, like, solutions that, like, you don't really hear from anybody else. Yeah. That's an artist thing. You know what I mean? That's, like, he's putting his intellectual power to come up with a solution that, like, it, it may not even directly fit in a cer- certain spectrum. You right. know what I mean? So, like, that's that's the... That's that artist part of that. You know what I mean? And... and I think I, I think I'm a lot of I, I give a lot of props to him for like you know coming out that way instead of trying to play party line or anything like that. He's just coming out with fresh ideas, fresh <laughs> tactics, fresh everything. That's that's the, that's an artist, man. Like the fact that he's going to like truckers, the unions or whatever, yeah. and he's seeing what like they're about uh-huh. you know, with the potentiality of their jobs being replaced. He's trying to do he's trying to do um, uh, rallies with holograms of himself. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's such a good idea. It really is. But, you know, the thing is is that he can he can be the guy that does it. Now, the only way that he he gets to leave is like he could you he could lose. He's probably going to lose. Right? But he can make a lasting legacy with just the way he went about the whole thing. Sure. You know, if if he goes from like a first to a third, I mean from like a last to a third, right? Pulling 1% to finishing third, people can be like, "Who's this guy Andrew Yang? He finished third. How? Look where Bernie was right. in 2016. How? Right? And then they're going to go back and look. It's like, "Oh, this dude did hologram rallies. Okay, maybe we need to do that." Right? And now Andrew Yang has that's it. The the hologram rally thing that's and that's the Andrew Yang strategy, yeah. <laughs> right, right? And now boom, remembered for as long as that tactic works, right? You're a part of history now. Definitely. So that's that's it. and that I give him kudos for that for being a guy that's willing to try that out, right? He threw the ideas out there, or 
you know, and like you know, UBI is not necessarily a new idea, but the way he like sort of pitched it all together and framed it under automation and and all that and getting freedom dividends. And using Alaska as an example. Using Alaska as an example and, you know, but proper justification, right? If you're going to write a research paper, you go and make sure there's, like, examples of stuff that where it happened to support your idea. He's got Alaska. He did, he did it the right way. Yeah. Props. I just, I just don't like his universal base income thing. It's just, it's, you, 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 you're going to... Because it, it was, because AOC complained about, like, airport food and, like, how, why is it was it seventeen dollars? Why is it like seventeen? Seven why is it seven bucks? Uh, you got to raise the uh, the, the minimum wage, <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, you raising the minimum wage is not going to fix the issue. You're you're going to raise that croissant to now twelve bucks. Yeah, you're not you're not changing the issue. Right, a million percent. Yeah. Uh, I think there's, you know, um, first of all, go ahead. Say I, it. I th- <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna insult her. Right? I'm just going to say, you know, I think she's hot. <laughs> I don't give a lot of credence. That's why people vote for yeah, her. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't give, a, give her a lot of credence to her ideas. She says a lot of stuff. I don't really listen. But she's got nice lipstick. Right? <laughs> right? So, um, um, I don't blame you. Yeah, exactly. You know? um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I think, you know, you know, just to briefly touch on UBI, um, I think that there's actually maybe some room for Republicans to take up the issue. Uh, if I were to turn around, all right, and this is this is, a, this is a, a huge problem with Republicans in general, and this is what I'm trying to avoid or trying to redo or retool with Republicans and conservatives in general. You talk to a Republican and it's like, hey man, what do you think about you know our public education system? They'll turn around and it's like, you gotta abolish the DOE, right? Just get rid of it. Right? Like, just make it go right, go away. All or nothing. Right? And that, that mentality makes it hard for government or politics to really move to where you want to go. See, and think of it this way, too, because I have a lot of family in the education system. Yeah. So we already don't get a return on investment for the amount of money we spend, especially mm-hmm. in New York City. Mm-hmm. So what would, you, what would they say to you as far as, like, oh, yeah, I want to do budget cuts to, to the DOE. You've no. got a comparable factor. Right. They're not going to get behind you. Never. They won't get behind it, right? And it's that, that whole sort of all or nothing, just <laughs> get rid of it kind of thing it doesn't even sound constructive right you know it doesn't say it doesn't sounds impulsive it's not right it doesn't it sounds impulsive it doesn't sound constructive and you know you're basically to you know making people pick sides all or nothing and you know what most people are not going to get do that and most people to tell you the truth don't really have the gall to do anything all the way you know (coughs) so as a republican you hear it all the time we need to cut spending we need to cut the welfare programs Right, they always talk about that welfare programs. You know, make the welfare programs go away. Get rid of Social Security. Get rid of this. Get rid of that. Right. Well, instead of being so like destructive and proposing ideas that sound impulsive, get rid of welfare. Get rid of food stamps or all this stuff. How about this? Right. Let us get rid of all the silly requirements as to why you need, you know, why you get funded for food stamps, why you get housing subsidies why you get these subsidies why you get that instead cut out all that administration simple requirement are you you know do you make under let's say 35 grand a year if you make under 35 grand a year individually as a person you get a thousand dollars a month no questions asked 
But we don't do welfare. We don't do food stamps. We don't do any of this you stuff. You don't need to. You don't it's need... twelve thousand dollars a year. It's twelve. That's the poverty line now. Yeah, exactly. So here, like now, what have what are you doing? You're essentially saying I'm going to take all the I'm going to all these benefits or whatever. I'm going to make turn it into an actual cash payment. Make the the requirements like absolutely tiny, right? Because what you have right now is what the government's saying. If you have one kid, you get this much amount of money. But if you have two kids, you get this much amount of money. Well, then, even if I'm poor and I can't afford them, I know I get more money if I have another kid. So I'm just going to have another kid. That's yeah, a, you know, that's I, a very good point you just touched on. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the government's <laughs> acting like a bad polygamist. You know what I mean? So, like, so instead, cut that, cut all that out. Get rid of all the administration. Now you've actually shrunk the size of government. Right. Right? You don't need all these administrators, these bureaucrats trying to figure out who deserves the money and who doesn't. Right? Simple. Do you make this much or not? Yes. You make. You don't deserve the, the cut. No, you don't make this much. Here's $1,000 a month. Figure out your food in that. Figure out your housing in that. You have to make it work. But you can't say we didn't do anything. And boom. You shrunk the size of government. You've provided UBI. And, you know, now, and now you've taken a directionalist step instead of an absolutist step right towards shrinking government towards liberty right and so that is that is something that republicans should keep an open mind about don't try to kill the idea right appropriate the idea and figure out a way to make it work for your cause yeah you know and republicans don't do enough of that conservatives don't do enough of that and i want to change that no. <laughs> Much respect to that, though. Thank you. I think it's uh, I think it's safe to say we can end it off on here. Mm. Vish, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Anytime, man. I'd love to be back. Absolutely. You got it. Thanks, dude. Thanks, Gerard.